Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Well, great to see everybody this morning. Merry Christmas. Hope you guys are are in the Christmas spirit. It's so holiday-ishy looking outside. But speaking of Christmas, those Christmas Eve services, uh, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. So our Christmas Eve services will be 9 and 11, just like they are today on Christmas Eve. But then shortly after Christmas, we're going to start off in January. And if you've been here for a while, you know exactly where I'm going. But if you're new, so as a church, we start the new year with prayer and fasting. So I'm telling you now so that you can get ready, but we're going to take 21 days in January to, as a church, seek God first. Uh, Okay, so we're going to take 21 days, and you're like, well, what does that mean? Well, you'll find out, but I tell you a little bit in advance so that you can be planning for that. You know, really, it's seeking God for those 21 days, and if we're going we're to be starting a little bit not on the actual January 1 as a church. If you're like, hey, I want to start on the 1st, go right ahead and do that. You're like, because if it's 1st, it's going to be the very first. Do it. Uh, to make it easier for the rest of us, we're going to be starting a little bit later on that following Sunday, and we're just going to do 21 days right there. And, but I wanted to tell you now so that you can prepare. So that you can be looking. Becca asked me the other day, she's like, and what are you planning to do for your fast? Because I usually start with like a, a complete fast and then I, I switch and then switch it up and uh, end up just doing more like a, a Daniel fast. But here's why I tell you. So if you are addicted to anything, you can start to wean yourself off. Coffee, lattes, okay, whatever it might be for you. Um, and just, just to prepare, because what we want to do, and here, here's what I know. 2024 will be the best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. So let's start it off seeking after God together. And I just really encourage you to join us for that in January. Um, But raise your hand if you like secrets. Raise your hand. Okay, now I'm all right. Interesting, interesting. Um, Who's ever told a secret that they shouldn't have? Raise their hand. Okay, more of you. That's why you don't like the secrets. Okay, that makes a little bit of sense. Um, When... When I proposed to Becca, I went and I, I was like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. And, and I found a ring and I was, I was shopping for this and, and I found a diamond, but I found the place that I got my diamond from wasn't the same place as that had the ring that I wanted. So I, I bought the diamond one place and you're know, just carrying that little, the, little rock in this little bag. And, and so I show up to the other jeweler and I'm like, okay, this is the ring I would like. And would you put this diamond in that ring? And they're like, yes, absolutely. Hold on. And, and so they go to the back and like, no, we got to do some stuff and then we'll give you a receipt for this. And I said, okay. And a little bit later, the guy comes back out and he's holding the diamond in the bag, just like I gave it to him. And he, he, um, he puts it down on the little mat on the little jeweler's counter there. And he goes, um, do you know this isn't real? And I go, yeah, oh yeah, I, I, I know it's not real. I'm like, that cost me 15 bucks. And the same thing that you wanted was $4,300. I go, I know it's not real. And he goes, um, does she know it's not real? And I'm like, no, I want to start my marriage off on a lie. Like, yes, she knows. I'm like, that's one of the things I like about it. I didn't go into the whole story, but... 
I told Becca when we were, when we were in get, get close to getting married and we'd talked about it and stuff and um, a little bit. And I was like, well, what do you want? I go, do you want like a real diamond or do you want a kayak and a mountain bike? And she goes, kayak and mountain bike. And I'm like, you're the girl for me. Like, that sounds good. That sounds good. So he spent the money, but we do still have the kayak and the mountain bike. And we lost the ring. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I just marveled that someone would start their marriage off by lying to them. So I asked the jeweler, I was like, do people really like get fake diamonds and, and not tell them? And he's like, oh, you'll be surprised. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, people bring them in to be cleaned. And then we tell them it's not real. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I want to hear stories. And, and I didn't get any. And I was like, oh, I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed. But I want to tell you a secret this morning, but it's not really that kind of secret. It's more like the kind of secret that's secret just because nobody really does it. You know, uh, you can find commercials and stuff like a lot on like, like losing weight, like the secret to losing weight. And it kind of piques your interest. But then you're like, it's really not a secret. Like we know how to do it. All of us do, but often we just don't do what we know we need to do or we just don't want to. We're like, I'd like to be skinny, but that tastes better than skinny, so I'm just going to eat that. Like, like, it works. It really works. It's not really a secret. And it's kind of one of those secrets this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings. And we're going to read about one of the kings in 2 Kings. I know, I know. It's shocking already. It's only going to get better from there. But here we go. 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 5 says this. It says, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord the God of Israel, and there was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before or after his time. He remained faithful to the Lord in everything, and he carefully obeyed all the commands the Lord had given Moses. Okay, so this is basically, he's saying he carefully commanded all of the commands that were in the Bible uh, that had been given to Moses, that the word of God didn't have the New Testament yet. So he's like, look, he faithfully obeyed. Verse seven, so the Lord was with him and Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. What did he do? Well, he revolted against the king of Assyria and he refused to pay him tribute. He also conquered the Philistines as far distant as Gaza and the territories from their smallest outpost to their largest cities. Now here's something, here's what we're zooming in on right here. He carefully obeyed all the commands of the Lord and what was the result? Hezekiah was successful in all he did. Does that sound good to anybody? Like, I'll take it. Like, absolutely. But why was he successful? He was successful because he faithfully obeyed the Lord. How did he faithfully obey the Lord? What did he do? Is he was faithful. But now let's jump back to 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 1. Let's just jump to the very beginning. I skipped. And here's what it says. Hezekiah, son of Azah, began to rule over Judea in the third year of King Hosea's reign in Israel. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. He removed the pagan shrines, smashed the sacred pillars, and cut down the Asherah poles. 
He broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people of Israel had begun offering sacrifices to it. And the bronze serpent was called Nishurns, and but Hezekiah trusted <laughs> in the Lord, the God of Israel. Here's what he did. He put God first. See, there is a rhythm that your lifestyle, that my life, that your life is meant to follow. There is a and Hezekiah followed it. And it's, it's a secret, but it's not really a secret. Like it, it was in there and I already read it to you and you already saw it. Is he carefully obeyed God. And in order to do that, he had to remove some things and he was successful. And it really wasn't that complicated. But there's a rhythm that our lives are supposed to follow, a sequence that when it gets out of place, it's a mess. It's just a mess. Noah, are we ready back there? I think we're ready. Can you? I want you guys just to listen to this for just a second. Ready? Okay, Noah, go. a mess. It's just a mess. For just a minute at the beginning, you're like, I know this song. And then it's just a mess. Okay. Let's just, let's just give rid of that. Give rid of that. Here's the thing though. All the parts of that song are there, but they're just not where they belong. So let's listen to that song again, but with everything where it belongs. Ready? Go. Let's see what we got there, Noah. Baby's dancing in the back. It's the same song, but things are in the right order. And in you, and in my life, in our life, when we have things out of order, here's the thing, thank you so much, Noah, is we look, here's what happens, is we look at what we've got and we're like, why is this such a mess? I've got all the right components, and the answer is yes, you do, but they're not in the right order. The secret to Hezekiah, the secret thing, what, what is it that he did? Is here, here it is. He put God first. Mind's blown, right? Let me say it again. He put God first. He put God first. I know I won't do it, I won't do it, I won't do it. But you know what I was about to say? He put God first. The secret, Hezekiah, there was no other king in all of Judea like him. He had his success in all that he did. Why? Because he put God first. And what did that require? It was a big deal. He had to take some stuff down. There were Asherah poles, and there was this stuff going on. He's like, this isn't good. He's like, it's gotta go. And then that bronze serpent, that it talks about that he got rid of? It says that Moses made. Well, why did Moses make this thing? Was this as an idol? No, God commanded Moses to make it. But then what happened 
is people began to worship the thing that was just supposed to point them to God instead of God. And so he's like, well, now this good thing is in a bad place, so it's got to go. It's, it's got to go. The secret simply is, it's putting God first. And I say, so many of you, so many of us, we have so much more than even what we need. But we wonder why we wake up and we're not excited for another day. And, and we go to bed at night like, oh, no. And like, we're living for the weekend. Oh, my goodness. Like, okay, because then I can do what I... It's because we've got the things that we need, but it's out of order. And it's not the symphony that we want. It's because we need to put God first. There's really, there's only one place that he desires. There's only one place that God wants to be. There's only one. We need to put him first. Now, you and I are made to worship. You worship. We, we worship. It's, it's what we do. It's what we do. We worship. It's not a question of will you worship. It's a question of what are you worshiping? Now, we, we do this on, on one level just in everything that we do, right? When that alarm clock goes off, are we like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out or I'm going to sleep? Like one, we, we say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep because I want that more. I value that more than I do waking up early and going to the gym or going to working out or going for that run or whatever it is. We, we, we give it up in almost everything, in everything that we do. We choose free time, sometimes overwork, and sometimes we choose work, and we're, we're making choices. But often, here's what we have, is, is our, our choices, are, are, they, they conflict. It's like, how much I love ice cream versus... Like, do I love ice cream more or abs? Like, which, which is it going to be? Like, I, I, I've got to choose. And to an extent, I can have both. But only to an extent. And that changes the older I get. It, it, it changes. Now, that, that's really just kind of a, a broad view of it. But here's, here's the thing. If God is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Because there's only one place that he fits. There's only one place. And you and I, we will worship. So the question is, what are we worshiping? And all of humanity falls into two categories. We are either worshiping the creator or we're worshiping created things. We're worshiping success. And you might think, well, I don't, I don't have an idol that I bow down to. And the answer is no, you, you don't. But you'll kill anything that gets in the way between you and what you have deemed success is. And so you worship success. It could be success in a sport, and you won't let anything else get in the way. No relationship, no person, not church, not God. It's, it's, it's the sport, and it's you, it's, it's you getting this, it's you getting the scholarship, because this is what's going to open the door for you, and you'll sacrifice everything else, because this is what you see that will open the door to the future that you want, and so you'll sacrifice anything else for that. And that's literally the word sacrifice, it's you'll lay it down. You'll lay down anything else for it. Most of us, I, I doubt any of you 
have an idol that you like physically walk up to and bow down to or that you're sacrificing to, like in the traditional sense that most of, that, that we think of when we think of sacrificing in worship, yet all of us have things that we are willing to sacrifice for other things, for other goals. So the question isn't like, well, I'm, everything is always, there's always a decision, there's always a choice that I'm making, so can I never make any choice? No, the question is, is Jesus the Lord of all? Is he the Lord of all? Because if he's not, he's not Lord at all. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Years ago in high school, actually, I had a friend whose, whose dad wasn't a Christian. And I was, he was the nicest guy, super nice guy. And we'd always try to invite him to church. And he's like, no, I will not go to church. And he never really told me why. But one day I asked my friend, I said, why won't your dad come to church? And she goes, oh, he's really clear as to why he won't come to church. He won't come to church because he said he will not put anything over his family. So he doesn't want to be a Christian. And she said that, and I was like, I think this guy who's not a Christian understands what it means to be a Christian better than some Christians. He's like, he understood. And he said, my God is my family. I won't put anything over it. It could be your family. It could be money. You know what they say is, he is of the opinion that money can do everything. May rightly be, be thought to be doing everything for money. If money is what you think can solve every one of your problems, you'll give up everything for money. But money can't solve every problem. We need it, don't get me wrong. I like being able to pay bills. I really do. I like being able to say yes to dinners and, and, and be like, yep, we can, we can do that and let's plan that time together. And yep, we can just, just yeah, go ahead, buy some more shoes because you blew those ones out again. Like, okay, don't get me wrong, it's great. But realize it's limitations. So here's the question is, is God Lord of all? He's Lord of all. And here's what that means. It means when we worship God above all is that we're willing to give up or to sacrifice any and all of these other things for him. All of it. Now, I worship God, but I also believe in math. So what that means is I'm going to worship God, and I realize that I'm going to do things that make sense. But when they don't make sense, it's because God's leading me to do it. What do I mean by that? Tithing. We give. And it doesn't make sense that I would give and then I would be better off. But God says, test me in this, and so we do. And so we believe it. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I was working, working a job and had, had a great job, and God laid on our hearts that we needed to leave that great job and, and that we needed to be learning about, about staff and church culture and, and and how to do that really well. And there was a church in the area that would do it. And I, I had an opportunity to go up there um, and do it. But the opportunity to go up there and do that wasn't in the same capacity as I was. I was a youth pastor at a church. They said, we don't have any positions for you. And I'm like, I'll do anything. I just want to learn. And he's like, really, anything? I'm like, yeah, I'll clean toilets. I don't care. And, and he stops and he goes, are you serious that you'll clean toilets? And I'm like, well, yeah. 
if I can learn, if I can be a part, if I can see, I want to catch what God's doing and how, how he's lit this whole team on fire to, to build the kingdom. I want to catch that. And he's like, well, come be a part. I'm like, awesome. He's like, and you're going to do that toilet thing. I'm like, okay. So it didn't make sense to leave, but we had prayed, Becca and I had prayed, and it made sense to us because we believe that's what God was leading us to do. So God is Lord of all. Now, I still believe in math, but what that means is, is when what God is leading me to do contradicts what I think I should do, but he's still Lord of all, then number one, I realize what God leads you to do is never gonna, it's never gonna contradict his word, but not everything is in the word. Like, like, do I buy the house or do I sell the house? Do we have four kids, five kids, nine kids? Like, like, do I take the promotion? Do I not? There's not a black and white verse for all of it. So we're like, some of these things, where do we go and what do we do? Well, if God is Lord of all, then we do math. Does it make sense to do this? And then we pray. And we say, God, is this what you're leading me to do? We get counsel. We talk to other people like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what we're looking at doing. But we realize anything, even a good thing in the wrong place is bad. It doesn't matter if it's a spouse. It doesn't matter if it's money. It doesn't matter if it's education. It doesn't matter if it's success. It doesn't matter if it's fame. I have no idea why anybody would want to be famous, by the way. I have no idea. That just seems like the worst thing ever. But the number of young people that are like, well, what do you want to do? I want to be famous. And I'm like, wow, I, I do not get that. Like, at all. I'd much rather nobody ever know anything. That would be great. That would, that would just be awesome. Um, I would, when I was a kid, my, my dad's a pastor of a church in Granville. And it's, uh, when, I, when I was a kid, it was like four or 5,000 people. And that was too many people in my opinion. Not that the church was too big, but it was too many people because I would like just, just take a friend to go somewhere. And before I would, I'd, I'd get home and my dad's like, how was your date with someone? So I'm like, it wasn't a date. And he's like, well, so-and-so saw you here. And then somebody else said they saw you here. And somebody else saw you here. And I'm like, we, it wasn't a date. And he's like, well, everybody thought it was. I'm like, oh my goodness, that was a couple people. That was a, that was a, like, no, I have no desire, but there's this big desire. But here's what you and I are meant to do. Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given as well. We seek him first in everything that we do, 100%, all of it. Seek God first. The rhythm that your life is meant to follow. Here's, many of us believe that what we needed to do is we need to just get rid of everything, but it's like that song. No, it needs to be in order. That God is first and we seek that first. And then we pursue the career. Then we pursue the education. Then we pursue the dreams that God has put in us. So let me just help you with this. We're gonna seek God first. So number one, where do we seek him? We seek him first in our finances. Matthew 6.21 says this, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Are we seeking him first? How do we know? Um, this is a great place to check. And here's how you can actually check. Look where you spend your money. 
Like actually, not this minute, but like look. And what does your credit card statement, what does your bank account say about you? What does it say? Um, I'll tell you a little bit about what ours says. Um, my bank account says that, that my kids eat a lot of food. <laughs> like food. We spend a lot of money on food. It also says um, that we like Amazon. Okay? We like, we like Amazon. Uh, if it's the same price and I can wait three days for it instead of driving to Home Depot, I'll wait three days. I just, uh, I, I, maybe a little too often. But that's what it says. I'm telling you, this is, this is what it says. Uh, it also says that electricity is very expensive. <laughs> that is what my bank account says. And then, you want to know what else it says? It says that we prioritize giving. Because regularly, it's planned. We get paid. It comes out. Money comes in. We honor God first. We honor God first. What else does it say? It says that we may be homeschooling, but homeschooling is expensive. It is not cheap, if that is what you are thinking. But what does your bank account say about what it is that you're doing? Are you honoring God first in your finances? Then the next one is this. It's your interests. And your next one is your interests. Proverbs 3 says this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Verse 6, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Your interests. What is it that you're doing? Um, God is interested in more than just you going to heaven. It's, it's what are you doing? And this is one of the things that, the reasons that we really encourage every single person to go through Growth Track here at LifeWest. What's, what's Growth Track? It's a, it's a class that it starts anew at the beginning of each month. So in January, we're going to start this all over again. The first Sunday in January, it happens during the second service. It's a four-week class where we help you to know God, find freedom from your past, and find your identity in Christ. Discover the gifts and talents that God's given you. What spiritual gifts do you have and these interests that you have, and then how do we use them to make a difference? How do we use them to make a difference in this world? I say this all the time, but if all we wanted to do is get you into heaven, then when we baptize you, we'd keep you under, just like send you to heaven right then and there. But that's not the point. God has a plan and a purpose for your life right now, and he wants to use you. So seek God with your interests and what you're doing. And here's what that looks like. I think for many of us, we think, well, I don't just want to sit around and pray all day. Now, some of you, you're like, I do, and you are awesome, and we need you. But that's not me. Like, I, I don't want to sit around and pray all day. But I love prayer. What I, I think a lot of us, we don't do this because we think that if we did, it'd ruin our fun. But the truth is, what, it, what we do is we seek God, and he shows us how to leverage the things that we're doing to build the kingdom of God. And here's what actually happens. The things that we enjoyed become more fun because now we're impacting people around us. We're not, just, we're not just mountain biking. We're not just hunting, but we're sharing stories. We're building relationships and getting the opportunity to speak into people's lives because we have a relationship with them to see what's going on 
And it's being strategic with what it is that we're doing. It's, it's really saying, God, open up my eyes. Here's what I'm interested in. You know what my heart is. God, how can I use this? What is it that I can do? It's, it's more fun, not less. It's more fun. I've gone through, I think most of us are like this, but I've gone through different seasons of, of being really heavily involved in different things. And the one season, it was, it was rock climbing. We had kids that kind of changed. We'd bring them for a while, hang them from the ropes and swing them in their car seats and stuff. And then they got a little bigger. We got out of it for a while. Um, but man, one of the things I loved about rock climbing is most of the time here in Michigan, it was indoors and then we'd go out on trips, but we'd go and practice and, and just train indoors. Well, you're standing there belaying for somebody and you're standing next to somebody else who's, who's like tied in and they're also belaying somebody. So you've got captive audience. Like they can't leave. They can't leave. So you're like, hey, how's it going? Good, good. How's your weekend? It's Monday. How was church yesterday? And they're like, I don't go to church. And you're like, you should. And they look at you weird, but they can't leave. So you're like, let me tell you about my church. <laughs> and you laugh, and, but it's true. And it's so much fun. And I didn't do that the first time I met most people. It usually was like a few where you get to know them. And sometimes you're like, no, I just think I need to invite them. And then you go right ahead and, and you do that. And you tell them why you love your church or, or what you're doing and what God's doing in your life and why you're excited. About it. it's, it's taking the things that you love and here's what happens. They get more fun. They, it really does. It makes it better. Please don't be afraid that God is going to ruin your fun. It will be even more fun. So it starts with our, our finances, our interests, and then it's our relationships. Put God first in your relationships. Proverbs 13, 30. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. What does it mean? One of the things I love about Hezekiah is he didn't, here's what he didn't do. He didn't just consecrate his life to God and just be like, God, I'm going to do my thing. You have fun. What he did is says that he tore down what did not belong. He tore down the things that were in the way. And he even tore down something that in itself wasn't bad, but had become bad because of where it had been the bronze snake. He got it out of the way. If there's relationships that you have that you're like, mm, I know, these are no good. I'm the one that's being torn down. You know? And maybe you thought, you know, well, I'm going to be a voice and I'm just going to be, I'm going to, you know, this, they don't have any other Christian friends and so I really need to be there so that I can, but you look. And if you're married, ask your spouse, they'll tell you. But if you're not, then you've got to look and be like, hey, when I spend time with this person, Am I building them up or are they bringing Just ask, say, what, what is it? 1 Corinthians 15, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Maybe what you need to do isn't give up on that person, but switch your strategy. Where you're like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite you to my small group. I'm going to get some other awesome guys together or couples together who are born again, spirit-filled, word-believing, faith-talking, and you're going to come join us and we're gonna impact you. This is what we're gonna do. Maybe you just switch your, switch your strategy. But put him first in your relationships. Next, put him first in your schedule. 
put him first. Days fill up and man, do they just go by. But can I just tell you, when it comes to time, it's here and it's gone. And I'm honored that you give us the time here at Life West, that you come and you're worshiping because time is the most precious thing that we have. Honor God with your time, with your, with your schedule. John 15, 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. If remaining for you is coming to church once a week, it's not enough. Seek him in your schedule daily. Take time in the car. Wake up early. So just spend some time and say, God, I want your direction in my day. I know, I think I know what's coming, but God, you know what's coming. What do I need? God, give me direction for my family. Give me direction for this business and what, what it is that we need to do. And the last one, where do, we, where do we keep God and we seek him first? Is in trouble. Because trouble always comes. Jesus was perfect. He did everything right, and they killed him for it. So if I look at him, I know that even though if you and I, even though if we are seeking God first, we realize trouble's gonna come. We're in a foam, it's gonna come. You cannot do everything so right, be so spiritual that you have no trouble. But the thing is, is that we worship the Prince of Peace. And we can have peace in the troubles, but where do you run? when trouble comes. Psalms 46 says, it is God is our refuge and strength. He's, he's always ready to help in times of trouble. Run to him first. I believe in doctors. I love doctors. They're real. I know a few. But we go to God first. We go to God first. Seek him in all you have, in all that you do. The secret is this. It's just put God first. Hezekiah was careful, and God gave him success in what he did. What I believe more than anything is this, is that you have what you need. But there's probably some things that need to be rearranged. And then some of that frustration that you're having of, why isn't this working? And God, I need you in this. Ask yourself as you leave, pray, say, God, are there some things that just need to be shifted? Am I putting you first in all that I do? Because there's only one place that God fits. He doesn't fit anywhere else. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes, please? As we're here this morning, I want to take this time to ask, do you know where you stand with God? Maybe you're here this morning or you're listening to this and and you've always, you've believed in God and he's been a part of your life, but he is not the Lord of your life. Let me just say it again. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. If that's you, then today's the day that you can make Jesus the Lord of your life and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that he has for you. It begins by surrendering and saying, God, I want what you have for me. God's word says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus died on the cross, we will be saved. You can know when you leave this place that your sins are forgiven, you're on your way to heaven and begin.
begin to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for you. If that's you, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. Get ready. I want you to lift your hand up high, then we're going to pray. One. Here's what you're saying. You're saying, God, I want to be yours. I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. And today, I make you first in my life. One, two, three. Shoot it up right now and say, that's me. And today is my day. Well, God, we just come before you this morning. We thank you for your word. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And God, we want you first. God, all all that you've given us, we trust and we believe that what you have for us is best. Things that we have been holding back because we've cared for them. Some good, some bad. God, today we declare we're giving them all to you and we make you Lord of all, in all. God, use all that we have. God, we jump on board. We activate today to seek after you, to be instruments for you. Use our hands, use our feet, our energy, our time. God, we surrender all that we are to you because we know that you are good. And we trust you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.